Hello, and welcome to episode 190 of Relics of Ore. Joining me tonight is my wonderful co-host, Spirit. How are you doing this evening, Spirit? Hi, I'm good. I have juice, and I'm not wearing it, so that's great. Yeah, that's a good combination. And, you know, to clarify, it's the actual kind of juice, not the euphemism juice that we sometimes <laughs> partake in with the uh, Chronicles of Tyria cast. Uh, or, sorry, Guild Wars Reporter. That is incorrect, and also you're wrong again. <laughs> Guild Wars Reporter is wrong? No, Chronicles of Tyria is wrong. Yes. Okay. I you know, I all these all these podcasts, some of which don't exist anymore or <laughs> whatever. <laughs> you know, I keep up with the news a bit. Um anyway. So, but speaking of news, uh we have an entire episode to talk about and maybe not finish or maybe finish talking about the new Living Story chapter, which is chapter two, Return to the Fire Islands Electric Boogaloo. Um a lot of stuff happened in this patch, as usual. Is there anything that you want to touch on first, or just sort of play it by ear? I am fine with no particular order. Okay. Um, would you rather do? Hmm, would you rather talk about the story and like sort of get it out of the way, or do you, would you rather sort of end on the story after we sort of talk about the incidentals? I I don't know. I'm not qualified to make these choices. I'm pretty sure you're qualified. You've done more of these episodes than I have. Uh, let's start with the incidental stuff then. Okay, I think that's I think that's solid. Plus, that gives people uh an easier chance to skip out of the podcast if they don't want to hear story spoilers because they can just skip the end. Um, yeah, sure. We sure. totally planned that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so well, let's just start with fractals. Uh, what what all changed with fractals? I know that we got some new instabilities. Um, was, was that it? Was it just new instabilities? Uh, for major changes, I would say yes, but there's also a ton of quality of life changes. They had a, like, a solid page of patch notes on Bloomhunger specifically. Uh, he got nerfed, not in a way that is, um, in a way that he is now balanced, not in a way that he is now a face roll. Um, if you go in there unprepared and unaware, he will still slap your face off, but uh, he is now doable at the higher levels, so if you go in to do T4 Swamp, you're not always going to pick 77, you might do 89, or I don't know if there's a higher one, but it's not it's not so terrifying anymore, uh, which is great. It's a, it's a smoother all-around experience, and there's a, a removed pain points on a very fun boss, in my opinion. I know other people disagree. Um <laughs> What else? Uh, Volcanic got a bunch of changes, just general quality of life stuff. You can skip the cutscenes in the Volcanic Fractal now, both the um, Rolly Boulders and Grawl Shaman jumping into the, the pool of poo. Um, <laughs> yeah, just general quality of life stuff. But I really like the uh, the new instabilities. They Is it just um, one? No, there's several. Oh, okay. They have removed some of the old ones that people really didn't like, uh, in particular Boon Thieves comes to mind. Mm. Uh, the one that made enemies steal retaliation, and if somebody in your party had retaliation, it was just a cluster. Yeah. Um, so that's gone. And in its place are a number of new ones, uh, one of which is the Flux Bomb. It's an AoE that appears over you, and if it's not dropped in a good place it will leave a well it will always leave a lingering aoe it will if flux you drop you. it on your group yeah it will you'll, you'll be fluxed yeah. um <laughs> other than that there is toxic trail which has enemies leave a poison 
grossness behind them, but it's only it's only where enemies move, so you have to think a little bit more carefully about how you're pulling things and where you're standing in relation to your enemies, which is fun, I think. Um, it's it's a good type so of much. it's a good type of instability in that it promotes you actively thinking about something rather than just sort of powering through something, at least yep. somewhat. Yeah. Uh oh yeah, missed convergence. This is the one that you and I did when we did fractals. Yes, um, a lot of where. Fun lots of random things appear out of the mists to uh, spice up your fractal experience. <laughs> yeah. Give you a little bit of variety in your relationship with the fractals. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, among my favorites is the sky hammer from actually PVP, not fractals, but it goes sky hammer calibrating to red and then it nukes whoever is standing in it and quite a large AOE. Um, so that, and also the Jade Ma tentacles are not fun to get in tight spaces. <clears> um, <laughs> euphemism or not. Phrasing. <laughs> uh, are, uh, all, well, I was actually quite partial to the rabbit because there, nothing says hilarious like dodging my trins cannon barrage and then a demonic rabbit showing up and kick you in the face. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was, that was pretty great. Uh, yeah, it's it's a pretty fun it's a pretty fun one, and they they despawn if they're a spawned creature pretty quickly. Um, you don't have to like actually kill the rabbit champion because that would be awful. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so they they only affect you for a couple seconds at a time. But I kind of it's kind of a more fun version of the flux bomb, I think, because it's just like surprise tentacles. Um, <laughs> right but yeah i mean it's just it's just funny like it's just it's so shocking when it happens i guess uh even though you know it's gonna happen yeah i don't know i love it i think it's really funny mm-hmm. also very thematic yes. for fractals. i hope they keep expanding it to be honest like i hope you know in the future there's another four or five things added to it and then it's it's got like a very very wide variety of things that can happen to you yeah that'd be cool um yeah were there any others uh, there may be, but I'm not. Oh, adrenaline rush. So each, when you kill an enemy or take an enemy to low health, I think it's about 10%. Uh, they enrage much like a raid boss and get 200% damage, uh, which can lead to some high pressure situations, especially if you drop a bunch of normal mobs low at the same time, or if a boss is taking a long time to die from, you know, 10% on, it can, can lead to some sort of uh dire situations i haven't had it um i don't i wouldn't say that fractals feel any harder to complete than they used to be but um it just sort of brings another level of you need to be aware of fractals to do it they're not not maybe as face roll as they have been in the past yeah and the ways that they're challenging are in more interesting and compelling ways than some of the old you know a boon thief especially is just kind of heinous and Mm. yeah i think that was a good way of putting it is that it's in a lot of ways not necessarily any easier or harder than it was before but the way that it's harder is more fun so yeah good improvements good improvements also take a healer take a healer to fractals that makes it so much easier if you're having trouble take a healer yeah also having enough ar is you know helpful um yeah that too (laughs) i'm still i'm still a little salty about the way that the AR conversion was handled, but it, whatever. I just don't do fractals enough to 
really be that upset about it. I'm more miffed than anything else. So, <sighs> yeah. Also, uh, other improvements in the fractal area, so to speak, is that there is a new surprise jumping puzzle in the lobby. Oh yeah. The, oh, we should definitely talk about the lobby more than just the jumping puzzle. But we just did the jumping puzzle, so let's talk about that. Yeah, well, if you want to talk about the lobby first, we can, but otherwise, whichever. No, I just need to remember to say stuff about it, so you go first. Okay, cool. Well, I really enjoyed it. I think it's fun. I typically uh, enjoy jumping puzzles a lot. I think they are, even if they're not necessarily one of the strongest areas of content, they are fun and they appeal to old school gaming uh, styles that I like, and I like... Yeah, I, I just enjoy them. I think they're fun for the most part, asterisk. And I, yeah, I, it was just, it was fun. It was easy. It was cool to incorporate a diving achievement with it as well. Um, the path was pretty, I would say pretty clear, which is a big selling point on jumping puzzles for me. I never, I don't really enjoy the act of trying to figure out where to go in a jumping puzzle, I like the skill in completing it. So the fact that it was not super obfuscated was uh, a big win for me. And the and there's a little NPC, a little Asura NPC at the top that basically was saying that she was up there because it was quiet. And sometimes if you work in a environment full of chaos and instability that may come crashing down and disintegrate you, uh, you know, you need a break, and your character's just like, wait, what? <laughs> Which I thought was a really funny uh, dialogue interaction. So, yeah, big big thumbs up for me. Do you have any specific thoughts? Uh, I thought it was really pretty, and it's a nice to have a thing to do that, um, you know, while someone's banking, or cause it, there's actually a bank and a trading post in the fractal lobby themselves now, so when you have that person who forgets their AR in the gear, their gear in the bank all the time, they don't have to go through the loading screens to get to LA and then back into fractals and blah, 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 stuff right in the lobby, which is great. Uh, and while they're doing that, you can do the jumping puzzle, which is pretty and has a chest at the end of it. So you get a little bit of loot while that person is, uh, you know, nothing spectacular, but to something to green, do. But... While... Yeah. Um, but speaking of NPC dialogue in there, actually, uh, one of my favorite details is this NPC uh, who... I don't think they have a name. I think it's just a generic sort of crew member over... Um, it's in the area by the um, the potion vendor. Um, and this you go up to this NPC and they're like, wow, you're like, wow, new new digs. This this new lobby is really cool. And they're like, what do you mean? They're like, well, it's changed since last time I was here. And they're like, this is how it's always been. <laughs> they're like, no, 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 this is new. And they're like, no, you're wrong. Um, so that's sort of... Nothing revolutionary, I would say. Um, we already know that some weird timey-wimey stuff is going on with Fractals, with Dessa not knowing what Silvari are, um, with them not necessarily being aware of changes in the outside world. Um, but the fact, I think, that they're not also aware of changes inside Fractals is sort of a new layer on top of that. Ooh, this is kind of intriguing. Uh, mystery. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting question as to whether it's the type of thing where, you know, maybe the timeline inside of Fractals has advanced very far and you're sort of connecting to a far future version of it and the people who are working there, it's just always been that way. But, you know, maybe not definitively always, always been that way. Or 
if it's a situation where because the mists sort of contain the multiverse and every permutation and iteration of things that have been and ever will be if you're actually connecting to like a completely wholly separate reality of you know mist laboratory and the old one is still out there somewhere in the mists just isolated uh yeah i don't know that's kind of fun fun to think about those kinds of things also kind of creepy potentially yeah that's what i was thinking um what else oh the uh so I mentioned there's a number of new um, merchants in the lobby, one of which is Bling, and he's got some numbers that I don't remember there, but the Bling robot, solid gold, cat golem, or maybe just normal golem, I can't remember. I hope it's cat golem. I want a solid gold cat, go- cat golem. That's, you know, what I need in my life. But um, Bling has endless fractal tonics for sale for a mere 1,200 pristine fractal relics. Um, which I feel is a fairly good number for them. Uh, if you are dedicated to fractals and you save up your stuff for a very long time, you can finally get those. Um, you know, have a reliable way to get them as opposed to just having them drop for people. Or worse, having you know, knowing people that too have dropped for, but you can't get one. I thought you were gonna say, or worse, having them drop for Evie. Like <laughs> that would have been the most insulting way well, to phrase that. Like, yeah. But Evie's not the only one. There are a number of other people in the relics slash twit sphere that have fractal tonics that I am jealous of. And there are even one or two people that I can think of that have two of them. I was going to say, there's at least somebody in twit that has two. Yeah, there's one in relics as well. So, yeah, you guys. But I'm going to get one. My time is coming. I'm saving up. I have like 800 pristines, I think, because I put AR on too many characters before there was a reason to spend them. <sighs> that cursed me in my altaholism. Or altaholism. That too. Um, but that's not the only thing that Bling has. He's got um, permanent mist uh, mist potions. I forget what they're called. The, the mobility try defense hard potions. offense one. Yeah, try hard potions. Uh, he's got permanent versions of those, so if you want to spend a bunch of fractal relics on those, so you never have to worry about it again. Uh, it's got that. Um, it's got golden fractal relics, so if you have been at fractals for a long time and you are not getting those, much like me many, many moons ago, I have now, I have since gotten a whole bunch to make up for my first four months of getting none. Uh, that is there as well. Um, you can even buy golden fractal weapon crates, uh, for ten golden fractal relics. But the price the price really adds up. There's a there's actually a collection for golden fractal weapons now, and it comes with the title um, Grandmaster of Golden Arms, which is cool. I want that, but it's directly competing with my endless fractal tonic, so it's going to be a long time before I get it because I did sort of I think I need ten ten weapons or so left, and I did the math, and it was going to be like uh, three hundred gold and twelve hundred, like a thousand ish, uh, pristine fractal relics. So distant long-term goal for the fractal people, um, going to be very prestigious and a cool way of saying I have done a lot of fractals. So I'm down for that. Well, not to mention, like, I would advise if you're really serious about getting the fractal tonic, going for that because golden we- golden weapons do drop. I have like five or six of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know um i i hardly fractal at all so obviously there's a lot of people that aren't very lucky and i consider myself to be generally not that lucky either uh, but 
it's not fractal tonic unlucky and this allows you to at least finish off the collection when you're getting close. So you'd be better yeah. off spending them all or saving them up for the one big thing that you're almost certainly never going to get by RNG. And then after that, finishing off, you know, finishing off what RNG didn't bless you with. Sure. But it will have to be a long term goal for me because I will be in fractals for many moons to come because not only is there all this cool stuff on the vendor. But they added fractal guild decorations to the game. So for 150 fractal relics, you can go to the guild hall and buy fragments of the solid ocean, which can then be crafted up into essentially what is the the building block assets of the solid ocean fractal, the jade mall. Oh my god, that's um, awesome! Like the big yeah. the big cubes of jade that have been carved yes, out. Yes, the the cubes, but also waves of them. Oh my uh, god! So for those of you in in relics, you can go to the relics guild hall. We've got a, um, we've put our mascot Cecil on top of a large jade wave right now, uh, and in, in addition to those, there are also the hollow dancers from the Aetherblade fractal. So we've got a female Norn and a male Norn hollow dancer at our our bank or scribing station in the guild hall now, and we're working on getting the uh, large version. There's there's small and large versions of each of them, so. That is a another sink for my fractal relics that didn't exist previously, and I'm not going to have any spares now because, oh my god, jade stuff. That's really cool. I hadn't actually heard that part. That's really exciting. I love the Jade Sea. It's one of my favorite areas aesthetically in Guild Wars 1, and uh, I've always liked the Solid Ocean fractal for that reason, so that's mm-hmm. that's really cool. They're kind of, um, I would say, even though the the decorations are cool, they're kind of disappointingly expensive compared to some of the other ones. Um, not, not, um, you know, first iteration of scribing kind of expensive, but when you think about, um, so I made a large wave, and that was all I had the tokens to make at the time. I turned in probably 2,500 fractal relics, which is not... You know, maybe as a guild, if you all did fractals a lot and everyone turned in their fractal relics, um, you know, it wouldn't be that expensive. But again, this is a sort of thing where because there are now a lot of competing things for people's fractal relics, not everyone really wants to give up their fractal relics. And so for the the people who do want to spend it, the time to get 150 fractal relics, I mean, you, you figure you get maybe 10 per fractal and then the majority of your fractal relics are coming from... Uh, pristines, but your pristines are, you know, tied up in, you know, your endless fractal tonic or whatever you, whatever you want to spend those on, uh, whether it's ascended rings. There are just there's so many sinks for them now that it's hard to justify spending 150 fractal relics on, uh, you know, guild decorations unless you really want those for some reason. And if you do, and if you're making them relatively on your own, even if a few people check in fractal relics now and then. It's going to take you a long time to get a, a decent amount of them. Well, and also, unlike many other things that you can farm as a guild, if you aren't a fractal guild, you're going to be stuck for a long time at a lower rate of return because you're doing low-level fractals. That's um, very true. Because fractals have that progression mechanic built into them. So, yeah. That's uh, Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a challenge. It's... Honestly, I... And it's never going to happen. But I wish that they just got rid of Agony Resistance because it's... I don't think anybody thinks it's fun. And it doesn't... It really... It doesn't do anything other than prevent you from dying instantly. 
And if they just kept in the same fractal system with the same scaling and just like had agony or like have agony do however much is the sort of recommended agony resistance quotient. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Mm -hmm. Um, then, you know, yeah, so you couldn't be invincible at lower levels, but to agony, that is, but the other aspects of lower levels would still be easier, and I don't know. But that's that's just me. I don't I don't like it as a mechanic and things like that that we're talking about with making it a bigger barrier to entry before you can start earning slash contributing in the case of farming for a guild are not huge positives for me. But yeah, um, very, very cool that those have been added. Also, I just wanted to comment that I'm super happy about all those things that they've added to the merchants that it goes back to the same thing with precursor crafting, where you'd have people that would throw in hundreds and thousands of gold into the Mystic Forge and get nothing. And then you'd have other people that threw in the same amount of money and got seven precursors out of it. And Mm -hmm. that's just at least precursors could be bought unlike fractal tonics, but anything, even if it's a long grind that can give you a guaranteed path to getting these rewards is a huge step in the right direction. So I definitely have to give kudos to them for taking the time to put that in there, especially for a system that's fairly... I mean, fractals aren't old in the sense that they they get updates, you know, quite frequently, so they're not, they're not like abandoned content, but it is an old piece of content that they don't necessarily have to have done that for. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I appreciate that they've gone in and done that. So, yeah, good times. Oh, one more thing, just a, a word of advice more than anything. The Bling vendor has ascended gear on it now um oh yeah for I forgot about that ascended gear if you want to get ascended gear i do not recommend buying this gear um it has a pretty high gold cost on it and it also has a cost in stabilizing matrices which makes it a higher gold cost it is an acceptable route if you for some reason you just refuse to craft like if crafting is just not your thing and also rng is not your thing and nothing is dropping for me for fractals or raids then it would be an acceptable place to get it but if you're just looking to save to to get ascended gear and save money um this is not the place to do it it's actually cheaper to craft i believe and the the developers have said that this is is by design they want to incentivize the majority of your ascended gear to come from crafting or at least um the start of your ascended gear from crafting. I don't. I don't think I know anyone who has a ascended set or two who turns to crafting after that. I think like once you've got a set, it's very rare for people to go back and craft more. I think a lot of people get it from raids or from fractals, and are just generally patient for them, and then maybe craft a piece or two here and there when they they need something immediately and aren't getting it. Uh, but it is an available avenue. I just don't recommend it at all. And it also does not come with uh, Heart of Thorns stats currently, but that is open for debate in the future. Yeah, I I know there are some people, I think, isn't Eevee one of them, that just steadfastly refuse to craft, like, no matter what? Yeah, I'm pretty, I think he, I think he now has done a lot of that, um, maybe because we've leaned on him for raids, but... Uh, <laughs> I think, you know, left to his own devices, he would not have ever touched that. Yeah, I don't understand that. I understand it's like it's crafting is boring, but it's not hard. It's like it's it's not hard. And I I just have such a hard time understanding somebody not 
being so unwilling to do crafting that they'll pay like twice as much and a lot of time in fractals to do that and i know that there are people out there for whom that is important i i just i really have a hard time understanding having that deep-seated of a hatred for something that is boring but simple <laughs> like i just it's like like it's not like we're talking about doing raids to get ascended gear you know like raids mm-hmm. are hard raids require a lot of time invested to get good at them and or to have the gear and or to find the group and or to schedule in your evenings and you know like and that's that's again raids are great content but they're not for everybody i i just really have a hard time understanding i really have a hard time understanding that with crafting like but i mean i guess it's good that they put it there yeah yeah i mean if if some people get use out of it that's great but it's not for us and i don't advise it for most people i really just i really just wish that they'd gone more with a heavier emphasis on fractal specific time gated materials and not on monetary costs, because then at least you're having some sort of mm. argument about it. Um, but they didn't, so <laughs> whatever. Good that it's there. I had completely forgotten that it was there because it was such a bad value proposition. Yeah, I kind of just... opened it up and went, hey, that's not... Never mind. Hey, now. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, Ascended Gear, no, no, I can't be bothered. Yeah. I have no reason to get Ascended Gear anymore. I've got uh, nearly 11 sets now. Yeah, you have a lot more than I do. I have, I a, have set a lot for more than most weight. people, but I like there is no reason for me to seek out Ascended Gear. I will, I will take it as it comes. I've got sets for each armor weight and multiple stats for each armor weight, and I can, my remaining characters can share. <laughs> you guys can share. I'm not spending any money on you. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest, they're mostly for vanity anyway. Oh, true. Definitely. Like, that's why, uh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> vanity or muling? Nope, just vanity. No, <laughs> just not purely have any vanity. Mules. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, with that, I think that's plenty to talk about with fractals. Let's move on to stuff in the lava island. Ember Island? Is that right? Ember Bay? Yes, but uh, if I call it any variation of something that is on fire plus a geological feature, assume that I'm talking about Ember Bay because I forget its name constantly. I don't know why. Well, for me, Ember Island is from Avatar, and so uh, that just rolls right off my tongue. Um, But I know it's not right. And then, yeah, there was that whole thing that we talked about last week with uh, Embry or Emery Bay. And yeah, anyway. yeah, so let's do let's just talk a little bit about a short topic, which is to say new gem store stuff and the carnival items. Um they added Mersot armor and glider as a set uh, armor being an outfit um to the gem store, which I bought instantly, being a huge Guild Wars one person. It actually looks really cool and dies really well, I think. So I totally dig it. Um, do you? What, what do you think? What are your thoughts about the Mersad armor? Um, I didn't look into it heavily. I think the Mersad are cool as villains. I don't care so much for their aesthetic, so mm. I haven't really gone gone into that too much. I got the the white mantle outfit for um, Battle Pope, but <laughs> yeah, I also have a Battle Pope outfit. One hundred. <laughs> but I didn't. Uh, I didn't. I don't 
feel that connection to the Mursat. So I've almost entirely passed on this one, but uh, like I support having it for the people who do dig it. It's just not my thing. It, well, the thing that's interesting about it is it dies like a metal, which in Guild Wars 1, I would have thought of them more as clothy. And mm. it looks like a really cool metallic armor. And I really like it on light armor characters. Um, just as a... I just I just like the way it looks as as armor, even if you just take off the head part. Um, yeah. And and a lot of outfits that are armored are very sort of like WoW Paladin armor, you know, where they're like super giant and bulky. And yeah, so I definitely appreciated it from that from that angle, also devoid of the Mursat angle. Um, and I'm I use the wing slash backpack combo on my condition mancer now because that's i've got a whole like grim reaper aesthetic thing going and i look kind of like tyriel from diablo and so having like creepy shadow tendril wings is to totally fits that totally fits that vibe so i'm i'm pretty happy about it but anyway uh, then there was a new set of in-game weapons added the carnival items and they're very I don't know. How would you describe them? Clowny? Uh, they're all, they're sort of, um, sort of plain, but all are decorated with like a jester hat type thing and little bells. Um, actually, you know what? The, when I first saw them, my first thought was, God, I can't wait to be killed by that guy in World v. World who's got the Super Saiyan char hair and the Zephyrite backpack, and now he's going to have the Carnival Greatsword or whatever. Like, all those people who are like, I'm so unique running my char that looks like this, but you're really not because it's just a giant cliche now. Uh, yeah, that guy. Tell me how you really feel about it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I've met several of them at this point. I've encountered many of them in my uh, my time. Uh, but yeah, I feel like it's... I don't want to say it's a joke weapon set. Um, if your character is is dressed up in carnival gear or whatever, I think it would go good with um, some of the human cultural sets. But it's also not a. It's not super flash. It's not. Uh, I I wouldn't say it's a highly coveted set unless you just want to be a show off. I don't know. Is that what you were looking for? <laughs> I just went on a tangent about people's fashion sets. No, that's fine. Uh, I. At the very least, I have to say we always appreciate it when we get new armor or weapons in game. So oh, yeah, absolutely. Like again, it, just because it's not my thing doesn't mean it. I am not happy to see it in game because I like the more options people have, the better everything gets. I believe. Yeah. Uh. So what immediately struck me about it was that the price is very high on these weapons, but they are almost exactly equivalent to the gold cost on the trading post for a new black lion trading company weapon skin that is in like the current tier, whatever they are, which is that they usually range from like 80 to 120 ish gold per skin. And of course mm -hmm. that's player player dictated, but I, I have to wonder if that's why they set them at that price. Um, it, it, I don't know. It's just, maybe it's just a coincidence, but I thought it was just kind of interesting to sort of have what effectively look like black lion skins in game for effectively black lion cost um yeah i don't know that, I, that could just be completely i pre i doubt that it's a coincidence i just think that that like, i don't know maybe based on sales of black lion i like i don't know what they would base it on but it seems to me like a reasonable amount of money 
in the current economy for thing like if you want to balance a weapon to take you know a few a few days of dedicated play like maybe a week of dedicated play to get that is about the price point i think that i would set because it's not it's not unreasonable to make 10 gold in a day like if you if you do your dailies you know actually if you just do fractals like if you did tier four fractals in a day that would be 10 gold in a day you do fractals for a week you've got enough for a weapon skin so I think that's a reasonable price point if you want to set them at a not really easy to pick up, but not exorbitant either. Right. Not legendary. Yeah. <laughs> or asc- Well, actually, no, I shouldn't say not ascended because they are about the cost of an ascended weapon, too. But oh, that's true. Which would yeah, be nice I if I can they see were how... ascended. <laughs> um... <laughs> I can see how it would put people off them, but I didn't think about it too much since I'm not going to buy them anyway because I don't like how they look. Actually, uh, isn't it 120 gold for a full set of cultural armor? Something like that, yeah. We've come a long way since the start of the game, holy crap. Well, yeah, I mean, 120 gold back on day one was a lot different than 120 gold now. Oh, yeah, for sure. See precursors that cost half that much or less. Yeah. I remember. Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> I, my first die drop in the game was Celestial Die. I hate you more than... I'm not even going to let you finish that sentence. didn't sell it because it was selling for 20 silver on the trading post. And I was like, I think I'll keep this one. Mm. Mm. That's so lucky. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, I don't even want to talk about my black die drops in Guild Wars 1. Like, I I, I had one in the entirety of Guild Wars 1. (laughs) I had one black die drop. (laughs) <laughs> there's still some there's still some wounds there <laughs> i can tell anyway um <laughs> that's that's really all there was to talk about with uh it, with regards to new skins and stuff it's um i just thought it was perhaps worth mentioning so would you like to talk about the new map and the new mastery in general or anything specific uh, maybe you should go first, because I don't have that much great to say about it. Okay. I'm not, yeah, I'm not disappointed, but I don't, I don't have anything where I'm like, this was awesome! Sure, sure. So, so we've got a new mastery, Lava Tubes, uh, or whatever the hell it's called, <laughs> uh, where basically you jump into a lava jet and it shoots you really far. Mechanically, I really enjoy it, because it's kind of like jumping mushrooms on crack, um, and fortunately, they made it really easy to get the amount of experience that you need for it because between hearts, which we can talk about in a minute, and daily chests and story progress and all sorts of things like that, it's really easy to get the experience for it. They included a handful of new mastery points in this chapter, so even if you didn't have mastery points, you could get them here. So on on that implementation level, I think they're well done. I do think it's kind of funny that you like jump into this thing and then you go underground and shoot out the other side. It feels very backwards. Um because to me, I look at it and it reminds me of like the barrels in Donkey Kong where they're pointing a direction and you jump in and then it shoots you the direction that it was pointing. Um, but these are the opposite. You jump in and then you like tunnel under and come out the opposite way. But with that and also the fact that you can only enter them from one side. But with that yeah. said, um, I like that you can, similar to jumping mushrooms, uh, 
start gliding in the middle of them in the air. Uh, it gives you a lot of freedom for exploring around or going partway or whatever. It's sort of a more fun way of getting around the map than waypoints. So it gets a yeah. you know thumb, thumbs middle, thumbs up for me. Uh, and the fact that they include waypoints and ley lines all over the place is also pretty cool. So yeah. Yeah, in the like, if I were to rank masteries from my favorite to least favorite, um, these would be solidly in like the upper middle of the pack. Yeah, like uh, upper third, but yeah. not not top top. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is cool. I'm fine with that. Not everyone can be my number one favorite mastery, which I don't even know what that would be off the top of my head. I mean, but, I think everybody has to say gliding, but that sure. almost doesn't count. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. What was I going to say? I, yeah, I do wish you could go either way, and I wish you could cancel if you regret your decision. Because <laughs> um, a lot of times I will, I get um, two of the waypoints mixed up: the carnival one and the one where you come in at the the Asuran camp, um, because the the train is sort of uh, similar at those points, and the map silhouette is sort of similar at those points. I know, um, I know exactly what you mean. I've done that yeah. several times. Okay, cool. It's <laughs> not just me. Uh, sometimes I'll get disoriented and think that the thermal tube at one or the other takes me to a different place than it should. Uh, so sometimes I regret my decision and it's really hard to cancel out of those unless you, cause you can only start gliding at the height of it, which means, and they travel such a long distance. So by the time you are able to say, no, I don't want to go that way. You're already halfway to, I don't want to go that way, <laughs> which yeah. is a little bit irritating, but not. I mean, it's not a huge deal. Sure. Um, but yeah, they take you a really long way. And we talked about um, having seen the trailer that it looked like a big map. And it is a big map. Um, I'm not sure how it compares to normal Tyrion map, like the core early Tyrion maps. It might be like the size of Diessa. Like I feel, I don't know that for certain, but it feels about that big. I think especially because... There's a lot of open space, which yep. we haven't had for a number of maps because the jungle was so... There's the multi-layered stuff. Um, there were constantly obstructions in the forms of like caves or gaps in the ground, um, trees, whatever. We haven't had a really just open, flat map for a long time. I think that that is sort of coloring my perception of it, but it just feels huge in sort of a yeah. good way. Like, I don't... I don't mind how big it is. It, it's not too big. I don't feel like there's areas where, it's not, where nothing's going on. Um, it doesn't feel overwhelming to explore, but yeah. Do I'm so inappropriate. Um, <laughs> no, I don't. I, I don't disagree. Um, I'm such a child. Um, uh, no, I, I agree. And it's especially enhanced by the multitude of of exploration options that sort of give you that scope while also letting you zip around very quickly. Um, the big maps in the core game are very big, but in, in some ways you don't even see how big they are because most of the time you don't actually run across them other than the first time you do it. You just warp across them. So yeah, I, I think it's definitely standing out how large and sprawling it is, but in in a pretty good way. The one thing that I will say I definitely noticed was that because they're meant for a lot of aerial travel, um, even though it's realistic to be this way, it's also kind of annoying that 
the lava flows are very uneven and require you to do a lot of sort of jumping around. Like you can't just put on auto run and go very far a lot of the time, at least I have found, mm. um, which is not that big of a deal, especially because of the aforementioned movement abilities, but it got kind of annoying <laughs> when I was, when I was trying to explore around. But aside from that, uh, it's very big. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, all the sort of, I, I would say, especially the Mersat architecture, when you're looking around for, uh, there's numerous collectibles in this map. Um, the tokens and the lore tablets come to mind where every, there's sort of these like, I don't know how to describe them, like almost like cubby holes or like a, mm-hmm. like a wine rack. And in each different thing, there could be a consumable, like a, a collectible but you have to look around each corner and then like up and down also because it's on multiple tiers. That got tedious when I was looking for things on my own. Oh, I was yeah. over that real quick. Yeah, I feel you on that. How do you feel about the general aesthetic of the area? It was cool. It was nice. It was very different than anything else we've seen in Guild Wars 2 thus far, um, which is always a breath of fresh air. Um I don't know. Again, the I'm I'm the least metal person you guys have ever met. So like the whole <laughs> skulls and stuff. I I again not my jam, but I can appreciate them. I can appreciate that other people like them. Like the it's, fire. It's like ugly beautiful in the sense yeah, that it's sure. ugly but intentionally designed to be <gasps> that way. And then there's sort of a beauty in its like awful burningness. I really appreciate the fact that um there's wave physics. So if you stand along the shore, you'll actually see the sea rise and fall now, which is a nice detail. It's very pretty um, in that awful, awful wasteland. Also, if you go from, I believe it's the Asura one, not the circus. Again, I get those two mixed up, but I'm pretty sure it's the Asura one. If you go pretty much due south and swim along the bottom of the sea, there's a seaweed farm out there. Not... Of course there is. I was just going to mention how hideous the underwater is. Again, <laughs> intentionally, because lava flow and murky stuff, yeah. but it is real ashy and murky down there and not, okay. yeah. Super gross. But if you need seaweed for raid food, there you go, guys. It's not 14 silver anymore. It's dropped right down to 3.5. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep, yep. Cool. Well, uh, let's talk about hearts, because that's... Really all that there is left to talk about about the main map, uh, aside from the jumping puzzle, which I'm going to hold off a bit, but how how have you... I, we sort of speculated on how we were going to feel. Do you feel that our speculations panned out about how we expected, or are you liking them more or less than you were thinking? Uh, I like them less than I had hoped. Um, I said my... I think to summarize what I said, it was going to come down to whether the repeatable nature of hearts was a convenience or an annoyance in a sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have definitely been an annoyance to me. Um, they don't save credit over days. Um, so if you, so not only do they reset each, like they reset entirely each day in my mind. And, you know, maybe it was completely unreasonable, but I thought for sure, arena net would be like, well, if you know, if you get some credit, towards it it doesn't reset but if it's full then we reset it so you can go again um which sort of unreasonable to expect but in my head that was how it would work uh but that means if you want to 
A, get map completion. You have to do all the hearts in one day because you go back there the next day and the two you completed the day before have now reset. So not a huge deal, especially because there's only five. Um, so I actually haven't finished map completion here because of this. Um, just last night, I went and got all the points of interest and stuff on there. And so when I when I get a chance to sit down for an extended play session in Ember Bay, then I will go finish them. But I just haven't had a chance to get around to it yet. I, I would have long ago if they, they didn't reset. Um, the other thing was, and I had this happen in a spectacularly annoying fashion, um, I was trying to finish the heart at the Mersat Fortress with all of the really irritating uh, jade constructs. Finally, finally got it done. Uh, and we were we were actually getting ready to go into fractals at this point, and uh, everyone was waiting on me to get done, and I was like, oh, I just want to see, you know, what's on this heart vendor. I want to see what it's got. And I finished the heart at reset. Within oh. t- within 20 seconds of reset. So by the time I finished the heart and got to the vendor, the vendor reset and I couldn't look at it. I couldn't buy anything from it. And I had to do the entire heart again to do that. And that really put me off of it for most of the week. I, realistically, like even with the reset stuff, if that hadn't happened to me, I probably would have finished hearts by now. Uh, but I was not pleased and I didn't feel like doing hearts after that. Um yeah, I don't know. I mean, I want to enjoy them, but it, it feels almost in a way like they didn't they didn't learn or improve enough on them from the base game to make them Hearts 2.0 or Hearts even 1.5, really. They're like Hearts 1.2. Yeah, it's they're a little bit um they're a little bit more diverse, a little bit more interesting, but not not they're still not compelling content. They're still base base game hearts. Um, which are a really divisive content type. Some people really love them. Some people hate them. Some people, like me, are profoundly meh towards them. Uh, but the the repeatable aspect has currently not added anything to them for me. Sure, sure. Uh, I think I would agree with everything you said there. I was curious about it for map completion. It sort of looks like a blight on my screen every time I see that I have zero of five hearts completed. And that makes me a little sad. Yeah, they have already confirmed that they are going to change that. So once you've got map completion, it will be at a like it will show at a hundred percent, which gives me hope that you know they're listening to feedback and if they're going to continue forward with this, then going to continue iterating. Yeah, I hope I have high hopes. I guess. Yeah, I, I think I think you pretty much nailed everything that I had to say on it. To be honest. Um, little a little bit less fun than I was hoping. They don't particularly award you anything unique. Uh and they're sometimes sort of an eyesore. I did enjoy the actual act of doing them uh, quite a bit. With particular note the script pirates mm. are just about the most adorable. Um I <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I love Skrit. I think they're hilarious. So I wish that we had Skrit as a playable race instead of Asura. <laughs> um like so badly, but whatever uh yeah i honestly not not a whole lot more to say about that i hope that they as we said i hope that they iterate on it that would be cool because i think there's potential there um Mm -hmm. so anyway gosh this is getting long do you want to just hold off on spirit or spirit hold off on story till next week sure i can i'm down with that because there's enough stuff to say about other stuff that 
I don't want to rush everything into one episode. Sure. Okay. So talking about things that do make us furiously angry and tilting and not complete them sooner. <laughs> you like that segue there? Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about the other jumping puzzle. Oh boy. The Chalice of Tears, which is aptly named, I suppose, somewhat on the nose. You told me that you have completed it, so why don't you talk about it first? Um, well, I know that I had a much more pleasant experience than you because I went into it. Actually, um, there's a point of interest inside the caldera of this volcano um, where the jumping puzzle takes place. So I had had the experience of trying to get in there uh, just to get the point of interest for the the map completion. Then I was going to come back and do it at a later date. Um, during that... I found a number of horrific ways that looked possible to get in there, but were miserable and killed me outright like 10 or 12 times um, until I finally was like, there's got to be an easier way. So I looked up a guy and sure enough, there was a much easier way to get into the into the actual caldera. Um, so in that looking up the guide, I a knew an easy way to get in there. Um, B had seen the warnings that are like, you know, come with, Teleport to friends, come with a mesmer, um, and make sure you hit all the checkpoints. So I I had gone in with the knowledge. Um, I also went with uh, Christian, so I had a friend in there with me. And between the two of us, um, me having multiple portals, because as I was mimic portaling and stuff like that, I had a relatively good time. Um, it was not the easiest one. There were certainly uh, butt clench moments towards the top where you had to be on these little itty-bitty things. And then there was a veteran ooze on the chest where you're like, that's got a knockback. That surely has a knockback. Why would he put it there if it didn't have a knockback? (laughs) And so you're fighting on this little tiny platform. uh, Does he have a knockback? He does not have a knockback, which almost disappointed me at that point, really. (laughs) Don't you you say that. Don't even... (laughs) He does Don't not. He even. genuinely does not have a knockback. I'm not trying to to get anyone killed. Well, um, I know, but what I'm saying is, like, don't let Josh Foreman hear that. Not that Josh <laughs> Foreman listens to this podcast, but don't don't encourage it. Okay. Um. But yeah, I think like with between us having the all those fail safes and um like knowing to hit the checkpoints, I had a pretty good time. Okay. Well. <sighs> Fortunately, I've had several days since I did it, so I am not burning with a righteous, furious anger that I was several days ago, where I said many cuss swear words and bad names um, in the show notes and on Messenger. But I got really mad at this jumping puzzle, and not in the way where I get mad but like feel compelled to finish it because I'm just blaming myself, but mad because of a variety of factors that i found extremely unfun and it was very frustrating and you sort of touched on a lot of them in sort of the to highlight why i found them frustrating basically was that like so here's here's what happened i don't look up guides to jumping puzzles uh for the most part because most jumping puzzles, as I sort of talked about with the fractal jumping puzzle, are fairly self-evident as to where you're supposed to go for the most part. And so part of the fun is going and, you know, going going and figuring them out. Um, 
I also usually don't run them on a Mesmer, although I don't necessarily shirk away from using Mesmer portals, but just in general, I just I just don't generally do that. And so my problems with the jumping puzzle are, first of all, the checkpoints being... So as, as a shout out to anybody who's listening to this before doing the jumping puzzle, if you're at all interested, do all of the things that Spirit did, because she had the right set of things that will make it not the most miserably awful uh which is to say be armed with information and copious mesmer portals and so there's a checkpoint system in in this jumping puzzle and the checkpoints are steam vents and which are very something you would expect to see in a volcano and not really associate with being a checkpoint in any way shape or form so that's part one because I didn't know that there were checkpoints, and I didn't get the first one, and that feeds into what really was the last straw for me. Um, so if you are looking up a video guide of where to go, and you have Mesmer portals, and you do all the checkpoints, and you have a buddy, it's probably fine. <laughs> but apparently, if you miss any checkpoints, you don't get the achievement at the top, and I believe you can't open the chest. I and... don't know about that, but I know for sure you don't get the achievement. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can't open the chest now, but I I I could be wrong on that. Um, so you can't you can't get the achievement if you miss any of the checkpoints. Uh, if you miss a checkpoint, all future checkpoints do not work. So if you miss the first one, none of them work. If you miss the third one, then say the fourth one doesn't work, nor any ones beyond that. Uh, despite the fact that you completely legitimately got there. Um, so I don't know if the reason that they did this was to prevent people from just mesmer portaling to the top, but if that's the reason that they did it, it makes me super furiously angry because as we've already said, the best way to do this jumping puzzle, it because it's so hard and so long and involves so many tricky jumps, is to basically have one or multiple mesmers along anyway. And I feel like this jumping puzzle and some of the hard ones in general in this game have just turned into play a mesmer the game. And mm. like I I find that really frustrating. Um it would be like if jumping puzzles included mechanics that would become 80% easier if you had reflect walls. And so it was just like, well, you should be a guardian. <laughs> like, or, yeah, I mean, or Mesmer while we're at it. But um, that bothers me. Uh, there were a lot of areas in this jumping puzzle that felt like you were sort of guessing, at least to me, where you could land because there were just like minute changes in angles where it looked like you could or couldn't stand somewhere. And then you either couldn't or could stand there, respectively. Uh, which is, again, it's just irritating. Right near the first chest, there's a spot where there's like a little protrusion that looks like what you're supposed to land on. And if you land on that, you'll actually slide off. And then, But you can land to the left or the right of it. Spirit, you said you didn't have any problems with that. I was with a couple of people who it took us like 15 minutes to get through that, which was frustrating. Um, yeah, it just... Mm, but anyway, yeah, so I got up and then I died and then looked up something and then I found out about the checkpoints and that I wasn't going to get that. Yeah, it just mm, it made me really mad. And mm. like I said, I've I've done every other jumping puzzle in this game and this one just like 
pushed a few too many buttons for me and I just do not like if you're if if you don't want people to use mesmer portals to just bypass the jumping puzzle then the solution is to disable portals they already disable gliding in a bunch of jumping puzzles and like portals already kind of trivialize the risk and I feel like at this point jumping puzzles are being designed to be so ridiculously precise that they are there with the assumption that you have mesmer oops portals all the time and that like I just feel like you should either not allow portals at all so that everybody has to deal with that or like you know give people a pickup item that's uh you know that only operates in the jumping puzzle and is a like portal dropping you know item that you can pick up or something like it just i don't know it pushed a lot of buttons um, for me and i got really mad yes yeah i mean even portal portal things aside um they have had jumping puzzles in the past that have used checkpoints to great success um the one that comes to mind is silver wastes where um if you die, a script will return you to your most recent checkpoint, and not only that, but the chest will not open if you do not have checkpoints, but each time you go past a checkpoint, it gives you a buff in your status bar, which tells you how many checkpoints you've been at, so it's really easy to keep track of those, and I'm not sure... Like, I'm, I'm disappointed that they didn't implement here that here. I also think that regardless of where you got to in the jumping puzzle, they like if you are in that area they should give you the first checkpoint by default because there are a number of ways to get into the caldera itself and a few of them actually bypass the very first checkpoint i believe um because i know christian missed the first one his first time in there as well yeah so yeah that's a that's a bad feeling yeah. and i'm glad that it can be completed with less anger <laughs> But I, I was really mad and I just like logged off and I didn't even log in the next day to play the game yeah. at all because I was just like really, really frustrated. But fortunately, it was like the last thing I had to do in the living story or in like in the chapter. I'd already done all the good stuff before that. So it didn't taint any of the other experiences. So, you know, uh, at least there's that. I feel better. Okay. Was there anything else that we wanted to talk about, or are we just going to end on a really negative note? <laughs> uh, I haven't really been around to any of the... Not... not. This isn't going to make the negative note any better. I just... Like, I haven't been to around to a lot of the events in Ember Bay. Um, I certainly have done a few as I've been passing through, but I haven't felt compelled to seek any out. Um, and I haven't heard any really great things about them, which is disappointing to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I was really, really psyched to hear that there was going to be a sloth boss, um, because I was really psyched to see Veil Guardian in the open world and how people were going to react to that. Um, I haven't actually seen it myself, but I hear that its health doesn't scale very well and it lasts about 20 seconds when there's a large group of people there. Uh, I don't know, like, I just... It reminded me of Corteria in a bad way, like the overall structuring of this zone, where hearts, again, despite the fact that they're not supposed to be, felt like the main content because that's that's what always was there. And that's once what I pops was up done, on your map. yeah, that once I was done doing that heart, I would leave the area. I'm not going to stick around to see an event 
Like, I'm just not going to wait for events to happen on a map, which I think hearts fill that gap, but it's not... Yeah, I don't know. It's just the... Because hearts are there now, I'm not thinking about events as much. And that's... It's just disappointing the way it's been carried over. Um, and I could be wrong, like but it to, doesn't I'm seem like... I'm trying to think of a better way to describe it, but... Yeah, well, I was going to say, it. I could be wrong, because I also have not completely explored all the events and hearts there. Or I've explored all the hearts, but not all the events. But it seems as though that sense of events that sort of move you through the zone are missing. Like, the hearts are seemingly hubs for events, but they don't do much to entice you to see things that aren't next to that heart already. Would you agree with that? I, Which yeah. is a very Cortarian way of things. Being. Yeah, I agree with that. And I, I would also say that because, almost because hearts are there, when an event does move through, you're not as likely to follow it because you're like, oh, that event's going by, but I'm not done here. Like, I need to still do stuff here. So once it goes out of range, then I'm I'm not, I like, I haven't finished what I'm working on. And so you, you stay and the heart maybe, or the event maybe continues on and you don't see that there's a like a follow-up like the npc has a short wait time and there's some dialogue and then there's like a follow-up event but it's happening Ooh, i punched myself in the head uh way far away from you i didn't punch myself in the head i punched myself in the headphones which punched me in the head there's too much punching going on because i was really passionate about event um but yeah it's just the flow doesn't feel right to me right now and i mean i think we said before this is the first the very first um level 80 zone purely level 80 zone that has hearts and i'm not super sold on it right now like i don't know something i feel like hearts and events sort of work counter to each other they're not working in in tandem real well right now yeah and i think that if they really wanted to sort of incentivize this maybe they would do better to have well, and part of it's because they don't have a zone-specific currency. They are piggybacking on Unbound Magic, which I think is a good idea. Mm -hmm. But uh, it would be a decent way to set up a time gate where they can guarantee how much time it will take you to do something by having it be on a semi-daily lockout, but then would have to... would be able to make it so that it wasn't super crazy. If they had, like, a zone-specific currency for doing hearts in this zone it would sort of give you an incentive to do them more than once um and again i i don't want to be advocating for a million more time gates because we all know how frustrating that can get but that is sort of a way that you might be able to make these hearts feel more relevant is if they you know really gave you something interesting and the acquisition rate was based around the fact that you can do a max of five a day well um, there sort of is that already because you can buy three three petrified wood from each heart per day per for karma so there's there's that oh you can of. only buy three per day from each vendor yes oh i didn't realize that i thought you could just buy them from the vendors once you um once you had beaten it because i haven't bought any petrified wood okay well that helps a little ostensibly but i guess not enough <laughs> So, I don't know. I I think I agree, though. It's There's a lot of Quarteria design that's sort of creeping back into this, which is weird, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I was definitely looking forward to it, um, but it doesn't feel like it's it's gone that next, like, the, a, a next step in a good way. It just feels like the old stuff, which... I'm is disappointing to me because I was hoping it would they would push it a little bit further. Like I, but I'm also like simultaneously not sure how to like how to quantify that or how to fix that. So 
I can't just be yeah. like, this sucks, and do you fix it? <laughs> like, I would rather have something to like, like, well, it would be better if blah, 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 but I, I don't know what that, that blah, blah, blah is yet. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I think we're uh, coming from the same place on that. Cool. Well, I think that's about time to call it a wrap. Although I do want to say preliminary spoilers for next week. I am pretty sure that we both really enjoyed the actual story content. Am I correct? I enjoyed the instances, the open world stuff. I could, I would be fine with leaving. Okay. But... Well, we at least enjoy the instances. Yeah. So, sure. and there's going to be plenty to talk about with lore implications from the, from the stuff that we saw. So, uh, that's. Although we didn't cover it, I think it's something that's we're going to get some good discussion out of next week. So thank you for joining me this evening, Spirit, and we will be back next week. This has been another episode of Relics of War. If you want to get in touch with us, you can check out our website and forums at relicsofor.com, email us at relicsofor at gmail.com, or find us on your favorite social media site just by searching Relics of ORR. If you'd like to join us in-game, you can send a whisper or in-game mail to Spiritface, or drop us a note on Twitter or our website and say hi. Lastly, if you listen to the podcast on iTunes, feel free to leave us a comment and the rating you feel we deserve. <laughs>